0: So ladies, welcome to another podcast by me today. And I'm really honored. I've got um, Jajani Mosthoff with me. She's a cognitive neuropsychologist. And I know you ladies know that um, I love talking about mindset. Because I think that's the most empowering thing that you can have. The way you look at things really determine your life. And um, what I discovered with you is that you are really good at helping people change their perspectives. So um, tell me about this subject of you know, cognitive neuropsychology. I mean, why did you decide to even go and study it?
1: Um, because psychology, of course, is about the human being, about their uh, inner world, about how they perceive themselves. But uh, it's a two-component way of how people uh, see themselves. One way you have your own behavior. Why do I do what I do? Um, But also the brain, because uh, we only know 20% really consciously, and the other 80% is there and it influences us every day in everything we do. And there are those beliefs that we have about ourselves that can be limiting, and we act upon it. So I see people every day acting not the way they say they want to be and who they want to be, but they do it. But why did you decide to go and study it? Uh, I decided to study it because uh, I'm adopted from Sri Lanka. I was three years old when I came to the Netherlands, and I grew up in a Dutch family which was very nice in the beginning but at one moment um, I saw everything change because my father was a drunk and my mother couldn't handle that and she had her own problems and I saw them uh, uh, just being the people that they didn't want to be. Um, So they they were behaving in a sort of pattern. Patterns, a system. They created their own system in their heads. In their head, but also between each other, they uh, they created their own jail uh, in how they interacted with each other, their own patterns, how they behaved, and it was all with good intention, but it ruined them.
0: Yeah. So you were drawn to go and study this because you you thought it was interesting to see how people can change their patterns, their behaviors, their mindset.
1: Yeah, and to see how how can I help people to break through that? Because we are so much more than the own prisons that we make for ourselves. And we need to be more. Um, and I thought I, I need to understand it first. And once I understood it, I also knew that I had to do something. Uh, I had to help people to... Uh, be their authentic self to believe in themselves to go to um, my parents my mother always said uh, i'm doing the best i can and i know she did but that was just not good enough
0: not good enough for herself and therefore not good enough for us yeah we're going to talk about that later but what i found really interesting is what did it do for you how did you find your authentic self by doing this study what did it teach you about yourself It taught me that um, I could be more.
1: It taught me I had a professor who believed in me. And he said, I went to him and I said, I I think we can change this uh, study. We can do more for people. And he said, okay, do you have a solution? And I was like, really? Me? Can I be part of the solution? Nobody has ever asked me that. Because I was always put in my own box. Because I'm dark colored. Some... I even had a teacher who thought that I really was not smart um, I fought with her a lot of the time and so now for somebody to tell me okay but what is the solution so I jumped on it and but you
0: had a teacher that didn't think you were smart enough was she discriminating you because of your color yeah how she did she do that
1: she told me every day that I was a cheat. I uh, copied my exam results.
0: I uh, which wasn't true. Which wasn't true. Which at one but moment how she even come to that conclusion if it wasn't true. I have no idea. Just by the way I looked.
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's also the frustrating thing at that moment in my life. People see me, and the, I grew up in the south of Limburg, and they see me, and they see a dark colored girl and so everybody knew who I was at least that's what I thought an adopted girl so she must be very lucky in her life a girl who uh, wasn't, yeah, who had, did not have a lot of money because else she wouldn't have been adopted she must not be smart then so else what would have happened to her parents so, uh, and so she had all
0: these sort of prejudices prejudices that people were Putting on you,
1: yeah, and they put me in a box, and they told me who I should be, and I, and I every time I thought, well, that's not me, that's not who I am, and uh, I knew that I didn't belong there. So then I thought, well, it's okay to be different because I don't belong here, but with that teacher, it it was really hard because she told me I couldn't be just be the person that I was, a, a, a little girl. Uh, How old were you? At that moment I was uh, 10.
0: Wow, so she basically told a 10-year-old girl you're a liar. Yeah. But then it's really m- remarkable that you went back to that professor, or that you actually went to that professor and um, had enough confidence to approach him with your idea of saying that you can do more. Yeah. Because it's such a life-defining moment, you know, somebody calling you a liar when you're 10 and you weren't even cheating
1: no but at that moment i fought so i told her that i wasn't cheating and we got in a big argument and then at one moment she told me well if you don't keep your mouth shut then you just take your stuff and you go so i said okay then i don't have to see your ugly face anymore which was not the best thing to say i took my (laughs) stuff (laughs) and i went out and that felt Good in a sense. And I was really scared. Yeah. So it was both. And um, uh, they took my table and my chair and they put me into the hall. I sat there for four days. And the fourth day I thought, well, this is not me. This is not how people should treat me. This is not the way.
0: You want to be treated. Yeah. So I went home. But the fact that nobody in that school even came to your defense just is remarkable to me. That you can sit a little girl, a ten-year-old girl, in a hallway for ten, you know, for four days, is amazing. There should have been some other person. To, there know. should, there should, and uh, but then, you know, obviously it has formed you.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's also when that professor told me, uh, "Come to my meeting. I want to talk to you." I thought, well, I have to show up. Whatever happens, at least I have to show up and do the right thing, and. Uh, So I didn't know what he was going to say because I thought, well, probably he will tell me to keep quiet and that they are doing their best. Uh, But he said, well, we are doing our best, but it turns out it's not good enough. So come up with a solution, be part of the solution. And that's what I thought. Well, this is it. Sometimes doing your best is just not good enough.
0: Yeah, so that's become your theme, your life theme. It is. Of showing people, and for me today, showing women, that just doing your best isn't good enough. Exactly. So um, what does that phrase really entail when it comes to you trying to help people to change their perspectives? Because what does it lead to? So once you say to somebody, yeah, your best isn't good enough, you're doing that in a positive way because you want them to go in a certain direction or to think differently. How do you sort of... A lot of people think that when they do their
1: best and it doesn't work, okay, oh well, that's it. But that's an excuse. An excuse not to go further, not to go deeper. Um, because um, not being uh, uh, doing your best and th- that's not good enough doesn't mean that you are not good enough. It means that you need to do things different. You need to have another perspective.
0: So let, let's repeat what you just say. If somebody tells you your best isn't good enough or something in that form, it doesn't mean you're not good enough. It just means that... That what you did is not getting you there where you want to It's not working. Go. It's not working. So it's basically when you can translate it like, okay, your best is not good enough. Just basically means your method isn't working. Yeah,
1: exactly. It does not say anything about you, but we let people and especially we let ourselves believe that it says something about us, but it never does. And because then we stop and uh, we make it we use it as an excuse
0: to not go deeper and to uh, so we say we've done our best. This is all we can do. That's it.
1: Yeah, but it's not it's just that it's not working. Yeah. So you have to come up with something else. So basically it
0: means you need to show up.
1: You need to show up. You need to do it. You need to see what's the result. And then you need to uh, reflect upon it.
0: Because it's a way that if you use it as a trigger to help people to go on this road of self-discovery, go on a road of self-reflection... It is, it is what it's doing, right? Yeah. Saying to somebody, your best isn't good enough, then you have to really look within and say, okay, so what do I need to change? Exactly. And that's uh, the most important
1: step to take. It's to not stop. It's to say, okay, if it's a fact that what I'm doing is not good enough, what else should I be doing? What who else do I need? Um, is this what I want to achieve? Is there something else? Is this making me happy or not? If it makes you happy, go for it. Find another way. Find people to help you. If it doesn't make you happy, stop it. Stop doing it. There is something else. So it's a way to become more aware. Aware of you, aware of where you are now, and aware of where you need to be.
0: Yeah. So the the thing that you said, you discovered it, you know, when the professor said to you, our best, we're doing our best, but it's not enough and it's now sort of the theme in your life what where else did you see that maybe maybe it started with your the fact that you were adopted that your parents did your, their best and it wasn't good enough so they gave you up for adoption
1: yeah and uh i uh, after my studies i went to sri lanka i uh my sri lankan parents uh we found them and for me, it was something that I thought I need to do because I need to see them and also ask them why, why did you, why did you put me up for adoption? Because it was not the easiest life that I had.
0: Uh, I was happy. So you mean that the easy, it wasn't the easiest life you had in Holland? Exactly. So, and so maybe you thought you could have had a better life there.
1: Yeah. Everybody was telling me you're uh, uh, adopted to have a better life. And then I thought, well, I'm not sure if I had a better life. Um, it's also uh, an excuse for me that uh, to stay angry at what happened. And then I thought, well, no, it's my life. I have to take control. I learned that during my studies. So I went to Sri Lanka and there I met my father. And um, he took my hands and we sat there a couple of minutes. And then he said, uh, I made the right decision because you have no working hands. And at that moment, it was like, okay, you made the right decision.
0: Um, and it must have been a painful one. I mean, he doesn't want to give up his daughter, but he knows that he
1: knew that he his could best wasn't done good enough. Exactly, he knew that he could do his
0: best, but it wouldn't have been good enough for you. Not he, for he me. wanted more for you. Yeah.
1: And he, my hands showed that to him. And that's what my hands show me every day now.
0: Because you you don't have anything on them. They're not working hands. They're not working hands. They're very well manicured. (laughs) Yes.
1: But I don't wear any jewelry. Because I'm so proud of my hands. That you need to show them. I need to show them. I need to feel them. I need... uh, When I'm in need and when I doubt myself, I have my hands and then I think, okay who do I want to be in this situation it happened Uh, I had no control over it in this situation but I do have control over who I want to be now and I want to act and do I need and maybe I did my best but the outcome the result is not that I want how I wanted it to be so who do I want to
0: be now so the same thing counts for your dutch parents then they did their best but it wasn't good enough exactly they loved us very very much they wanted children
1: so badly but they had their own problems their own things and it was just they did everything they wanted they tried and it was not good enough
0: yeah it just didn't work
1: and yeah and it's not um it's not an
0: attack on them it's just that it didn't work i understand their their way of doing it just didn't work
1: And they helped me in ways that they could. And so I could move on and go further and uh, uh, take other steps to find my own way. So it's okay. It's it's not a bad thing. People always think that, oh, now I've disappointed or no, not at all.
0: Yeah. So let's go back to the changing of perspectives, because you're basically saying your best isn't good enough. Try a different method change your perspective, how do you do that? How do you get women or men to change their perspectives?
1: To see them and to listen to them.
0: So you listen to their stories. The whole stories. But they have to tell it first. They have to tell it. And And that takes a certain kind of vulnerability. So you are able to create that situation whereby they're vulnerable towards you.
1: Yes, but I'm vulnerable to them too.
0: Oh, it's a a a two-way street. It's reciprocal. (laughs) Reciprocity. Yeah, reciprocity. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a different word for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a two way street. You can't, uh, you can only, uh, if you set yourself free, then you can only set somebody else free. Mm -hmm. That's what I learned. Um, So I tell my story and I tell them why I do things and why it sometimes helps me, sometimes it doesn't. So they understand me. I tell them my manual, my own personal manual um and in that sense you get the connection and then people start talking but it's also that uh I'm really direct in my questions uh I have uh, a team member who sometimes uh, she can be a drama queen and uh it's always as when something happens the emotions overwhelm her she becomes her emotions so Uh, We had a discussion, and at one point I told her, listen, you are a drama queen. And if you accept that without any judgment about yourself, then we can work with that. You can work with that. Because if you know that it's going to be a drama in your head anyway, then you can also just change your perspective and do something else than that you're thinking now. It will be a drama anyway.
0: So you can prevent it.
1: Yeah. Yeah by accepting yourself, but also see your own patterns. What are your patterns? What do you need to accept? And a lot of people, they don't accept their patterns. They use them as an excuse. And that excuse makes them that they don't have to move
0: and don't have to change. And then they say that they do want to change. So basically your best isn't good enough is just a different way to. Tell people you need to change, girl. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to change. Exactly. Because,
1: come on. Uh, if you, every time you want to do your best and you don't, you want to get the same result, okay. But then don't complain about it.
0: Because the okay result's too. not changing. Yeah. yeah.
1: But that's okay too. But if you complain about it, then you need to do something.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, um, looking back at this phrase, your best isn't good enough, what would you have? What advice would you give your younger self now, looking back? Let's go back to that 10-year-old girl that was discriminated against by her teacher. and How would you handle that differently? Oh, yeah. Um,
1: I would have told her, um, you're working so hard to belong and to fit in. To be accepted. To be accepted. To make a lot of effort. Yeah, to show people that I was important. And I would tell that 10-year-old. Yeah. You don't have to show it anybody. You are important. And if the other person doesn't see that, that's okay. It doesn't say anything about you. It says something about the other one. So stop trying. Stop working so hard. Because that's a sign that you need to stop and to step out of it. And get yourself out of that equation. Yeah. You don't belong there.
0: Go. Yeah. Stop. So, okay. For me, um, personal branding is about visibility. You know, the goal is to make yourself visible so that people can see your value, can see what you are about. Uh, when it comes to personal branding, obviously you're a very successful businesswoman. You've got your own company, you go to different companies. Um, what lesson have you learned when it comes to visibility and oh um for instance you've got a lot of clients that you work with now you've merged with a different company or even bigger than before yeah we doubled It's something that
1: I'm really proud of Um what well, about visibility is show people that you're there Show them who you want to be, show them what you can do. Uh, Don't wait for people to come and invite you. Uh, Show up at the table yourself. Uh, Tell people how you want to reach it. Tell them your ideas, uh, even if they don't ask you. Um, And some important things are and that I already learned during my studies. your co-workers don't need to be your friend
0: wow so your co-workers don't need to be your friends did you hear that ladies
1: <laughs> not at all they're not your friends you already have friends it is possible for you that co-workers can become your friend but they're not mm-hmm. they will not be your friends um, and so many people want to be liked and want to be uh, have them as their friends and
0: Feel the community thing and it sort of prevents you from acting authentically because you're only acting from they have to be my friends they have to like me exactly so you're doing things that aren't matching that you would never do
1: if you just would think about who you want to be and um, to be honest if you're at the right place in your work then whatever you do as as long as it's authentic to yourself you will be appreciated you Because you belong there, if you 're not appreciated, then you need to go or to find another role or find your different tribe exactly, but they 're not your friends, they never will be in that sense. Um, they never promised you that I think, when you uh, signed your contract, so why did you think that it was a promise that,
0: that you have to uphold
1: yeah and that's I, like,
0: th- I think that 's such a female thing to do
1: ah, I have a lot of women in my company. And that's one of the first things on in the onboarding process. We tell them we're not your friends, but we are the people that want to uplift you for you to become who you are. But we can only do that if you tell us who you, want, who you are and who you want to be and that you're honest, because yeah. else we can't be.
0: Well, people aren't honest. I mean, how many women I speak to that don't know who they want to be or don't even know what they want? So you need to answer those questions first. Yeah, but to me, Asking those questions also has to do with my final question to, do, to you, which is, what do you think is your purpose? Why are you here? So as soon as you can figure out why you're here, then you can also determine more of what you want.
1: Yeah, but uh, your purpose can change. So it's not set in stone. A lot of people also think that I uh, study this, so I need to be doing that. Um, but your purpose can change. You grow up, you become more experience in life, things can change. But uh, asking you the question, what makes me happy? And why do I do today? What I am why is it that I'm doing this? Uh, follow your heart. You already know my Sri Lankan father. When I asked him, um, I'm here to ask you, who am I? Because I, I am not sure. Who am I? Because I missed three years and uh, all the nonsense that I made up in my head. And then he said, you're already doing it. There, are st- there is stuff that, you o- that already, uh, already makes you happy, um, that gives you energy, that goes really smooth. Uh, you're already doing it, only you're not acknowledged it. And uh, I know for sure that every woman has that and we're too afraid to acknowledge it, let alone act upon it. So what's your purpose? My purpose? Letting people become themselves, their true selves, to give them another perspective, to give them uh, a perspective that they can think, oh, wow, that's what I can do myself, and I can take it, and tomorrow I can do it different, and Set yourself free. Just be you. Yeah. There's nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I'm keep, I keep thinking of this song um, by Sting in the 80s. Free, free, set them free. Yeah. <laughs> it was a song that said, um, if you love someone, set them free. So basically, if you love yourself, you need to set yourself free as well.
1: Exactly. But that's the only thing. If we would do that, imagine how happy you are how happy everybody is, and then we would not dare to damage other people because then we're happy. We don't have to. When we're happy, we don't damage other people.
0: When we're happy, we don't damage other people. We're going to leave it with that. I like that <laughs> ending. Thank you so much for taking you, Thank know, you for time out of your uh, busy schedule to join me for this talk. And there's going to be more of Jajani because she's um, going to be talking about this subject. Um, on the 25th of July um, at the Network Academy event. So if you want to hear more, come and join us. Okay, ladies, see you then. (coughs) Bye-bye.